You are Locked On Horn Frogs. Your daily podcast on the TCU Horn Frogs. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Welcome into Locked On Horn Frogs. And this is a special crossover edition. We got a new show on the College Channel, the Big 12 Channel, and the Locked On Network. And my good friend Garrett Ross is here. He works with me at 1660 ESPN Central Texas. And now I can say he's my Locked On co-worker as well as he is launching Locked On Baylor. Garrett, how you doing? I'm good, man. How are you? I'm good. So I know a lot of TCU fans, as soon as you hear that Baylor name, you kind of <laughs> recoil a little bit. But uh, a good time to join the network. You got two basketball teams that are working on maybe trying to get a Final Four appearance this weekend. Uh, but we're here to talk some baseball today because TCU and Baylor – are facing off starting Friday night at 6.30 and then into Saturday and Sunday. And, Garrett, I think this is an important series for both teams because uh, both come in at 13-7. and seven. They've kind of been inconsistent. Baylor got 10 of their wins on a 10-game winning streak. Mm-hmm. So they had a really nice stretch uh, against some non-conference opponents. Uh, what are some of your impressions of this team just through the first 20 games or so? I would say that they're very inconsistent. You've had, obviously, you had a 10 game winning streak at home. You're 11 and 2 at home on the season. They have struggled on the road all, all year. I mean, you can go back to the opening series with Rio Grande Valley. Uh, they go down there, they have a big lead, and they blow it in game two. Uh, they let the Vaqueros come back and get the win. That's kind of been a theme of this team all year long. Once you get away from Baylor Ballpark, they're, they're struggling to find out how to w- uh, win. And they went on the road earlier this week against UTA uh, and fell in extra innings. And UT Arlington always has a pretty good program. And I saw you mentioned this to me before we got on the air. Coach Rod said he thought that was good experience for his team going into extra innings and kind of uh, allowing some guys to get some work in high-pressure situations like that. Yeah, I mean, I think this is a situation when you look at this game where you're kind of evaluating your players they went in they threw six pitchers against uh, ut arlington you know that's something you're not going to see in this series against uh the horn frogs you're not going to be out there throwing six pitchers in one game uh it, it, that's how i'm looking at this it's more of a roster evaluation i think it was nice to see will rigney the 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 kid from midway high school here in waco get out there he got his second appearance of the year there's a lot of high hopes for him uh so it was nice to see him throw but you know it, that's one of those games that Coming off that series uh, at home with Texas where you drop two and you get the last win, you need to win that game to me. That, that's a game that you have to go out and win, especially going on leading this road series, going into TCU. They weren't able to do that. So I don't know how bad, how much of a factor that's going to be entering the series with the Horn Frogs. And something I've noticed from them, too, uh, we'll see who they throw tonight. Um, I, I think it might be Tyler Thomas, mm-hmm. but they've kind of mixed and matched with this Friday starter position. And Tyler was in a pretty good role. He got touched up a little bit by Texas, gave up five runs in five innings. They really haven't found, though, yet, Garrett, who, the, who their number one pitcher is going to be. No, I mean, you're right. Tyler has had some good games as well. And then you could go mm-hmm. back to look at Hayden Kettler. I think that right now those two are probably the best pitchers for Baylor uh, as far as starters go this season. But Tyler, he, he's, you know, he's been inconsistent as well. He's had 28 innings that he's pitched. But he's given up 19 hits and 12 runs. He does have 30 strikeouts. I think that's significant as far as Kettler goes. I mean, he's had good series. Uh, he had a, a good win against uh, uh against ut no it was against uh, texas where he threw in that final game he went seven innings against the horns gave up four hits and threw six strikeouts so if you can get production from those guys on a consistent basis i think they'll be better i'm more worried about the back end of their rotation they are not they haven't been able to find consistent 
um, ways to close out games with those closing pitchers, and that's something they're going to have to sure up. Bullpen has been an issue for him. Uh, yeah, Tyler Thomas is a dude with good stuff, and he's he's kind of put it together this year, but it, it's been a little hit or miss, so we'll see how TCU in their lineup fares against him on Friday night. And I know they also have some uh, some exciting young players as well. You mentioned that to me. Uh, a couple guys that have been getting some more chances as of late freshmen and sophomores that are making things happen. Yeah, I think you have a couple of freshmen to keep an eye on here. You have second-year freshman Cade Currington, who's coming out. Uh, he's batting 370 right now. He's got a 457 slugging percentage. Also, you have sophomore Chase Wisner. He's hitting 314 with a 371 slugging percentage. You add them to the mix with real Will Wrigley and Will Rigney, and once he gets rolling, I think the future's bright for Baylor. Right now, though, I think you got to put an emphasis on winning now, and I know you have Russ coming off of last year where you you had things going and you had some momentum you had to quit and everything come to a halt in that series mm-hmm. with dbu but uh, so i mean the future is bright just got to get these young guys rolling and the two big guys in that lineup uh right now that are established and, and if baylor's gonna have a big season it's gonna be on the, on the backs of these two bats is jared mckenzie at the top of the order who is just i mean he's a monster here he's sitting over 400 mm-hmm. Uh, has multiple home runs. And then Andy Thomas is doing a nice job in the middle, but McKenzie's really who makes this thing go. Yeah, McKenzie was the guy that he's kind of caught everybody by surprise this year. He came in, he's really hot. He took advantage of, I think, the extra time last year and and put an emphasis on fine-tuning his game, and you're seeing that uh, come out this season. It's it's definitely reassuring if you're Baylor to have consistency at the top of your lineup mm-hmm. coming out. And then when you look at Andy Thomas, you know what you're going to get with him. He's a proven leader. Uh, he's a senior. He's been there. He's done everything you could ask for Baylor University. And on the season, he's got five home runs right now in 20 games. Uh, so he's those two right are th- that's really important for Baylor to come up from the batting standpoint. So right now, it's uh, it's going to be interesting series. I really think these two teams are both trying to find their footing. TCU's tweaked their rotation a little bit too. Russell Smith ended up being your Friday night starter last week. I wonder how they'll handle Johnny Ray uh, against Baylor this weekend as Big 12 play starts for them. And as you mentioned for Baylor, you know they're coming off uh, losing two out of three to Texas. Garrett Ross is with me from uh, Locked On Baylor, new podcast that's launching shortly. So Garrett, for for our listeners, if they are interested in you know checking out a, a new uh, Big 12 podcast, or if you have some friends or family mm-hmm. that would be interested in this, what can people expect from Locked On Baylor moving forward? So right now, obviously Baylor has is one of two schools with men and women still going in the sweet 16 so we're going to have a lot of coverage on basketball um you have baylor spring practice getting underway on football so we're going to be diving into that i'm going to put together some uh we're going to kind of re- do an overview of the first spring practice we'll hear from coach aranda and some of the players as well uh then i like to do a segment called bare necessities i'm gonna try to do this once or twice a week where it gives an overview of some of the the other programs that that aren't as notable and as popular you're gonna have your equestrian you have acrobatics and tumbling uh we'll get into some volleyball baylor is ranked in almost in a, in a vast majority of the sports that baylor has over there they are ranked in them so i, I kind of want to touch on everything i want to get everybody to do exposure uh that's what you can expect i want to do i just want to have fun with this i want to do a lot of crosstalk with you um obviously there's going to be a lot of content i want to once baseball gets going in the mlb i would like to look more and keep track of some guys like max muncie uh, and, and what they do uh, so that's how we're going to approach this podcast. It's going to be fun. Uh, if you have any questions at any time, you can hit me up on Twitter at underscore Garrett Ross. If you want me to talk about something, uh, we can do that. I mean, it's just going to be a lot of fun, and I'm 
just uh, happy to be a part of this. So TCU fans, be nice to Garrett. You don't have to be nice to anybody else, Baylor yeah. related, but be nice to Garrett. It's at underscore Garrett Ross is where you can find him on Twitter. Uh, I appreciate you doing this kind of behind enemy lines segment as we get ready <laughs> for a, a fun three-game set between TCU baseball and Baylor baseball. We'll see how the dust settles. And then uh, Garrett will also have plenty on the basketball teams moving forward as well. This has been a Locked on Horn Frogs, Locked on Baylor crossover edition. We can all get along, I promise. Uh, we'll be back next. Part of Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We tell you about them every day. It is betonline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. Lee Sterling from Paramount Sports gives you all the latest news, notes, prop bets, lines, uh, whatever you need to know regarding making some money on sports betting. Betonline.ag is your one-stop shop for all that news. Uh, use the promo code LOCKDOWN and get a 20% sign-up bonus. My buddy Q's doing a podcast, Locked On Bets with Lee as well. Uh, it's the perfect time. It's becoming you know more mainstream every day. BetOnline.ag. Sign up today. Start making some money on college basketball this weekend. Uh, Major League Baseball coming in a week. Hockey is in their regular season right now. NBA is in full swing. Make some money today. BetOnline.ag. Back here on Lockdown Horn Frogs, your daily TCU podcast. I'm Stephen Simcox, your host. Let's get into segment two and let's talk some NFL draft here leading off. And specifically, um, the, the TCU player that has commanded the most attention in this draft process, Trayvon Merrick. And I have some audio here I want you to hear. This is uh, former Jets and USC QB Mark Sanchez um, breaking down Trayvon's game. And it's not perfect because you don't have the video to accompany it, but I thought um, what he was explaining here was good enough that you could kind of picture in your mind what exactly he was talking about. Trayvon has, looks to be now uh, almost a consensus first-round pick. Every mock draft you look at, he's, he's somewhere in the mix, and sometimes it's as high as the early teens. Uh, more often though, it's, it's kind of towards the back end of the first round, but he is certainly turning some heads and making some waves. Here's Mark Sanchez on Trayvon Merrigan, his game. He commands respect when it comes to route depth and accountability from the, re uh, receiver's perspective. And, you know, this ball has got to be thrown much sooner. The receiver ends up getting separation, but he closes so quickly. And that was one of the notes on him just slams on the brakes. I thought his change of direction was pretty remarkable here. It looks like he wants to get to a deep quarters position and then he's looking at the quarterback as well. Here's another one. He's clearly calling this out. They're playing some sort of in and out technique and um, he has no problem chasing this thing down and running it down from behind the tight end. Diagnosing it quickly. You see him call it out as soon as the ball snapped, he's pointing out there knowing the bubble's coming and then understanding, you know, having the sideline and his defender outside of him and using that to his advantage. And this receiver starts to bleed this route just a tiny bit. We watch these guys to keep your routes friendly, keep coming back towards the quarterback because he understands angles. He's got good spatial awareness and he'll undercut these shallow crossers. Uh, understands that this is going to be an open field doesn't even give the guy a chance to, to square his shoulders up and ends this thing before it gets started. Clearly, he studies and understands, you know, scheme. Seems like a real cerebral player. I mean, this guy has no problem 
going full speed, assessing it, understanding where his support is, whether it's the sideline, his 12th guy on defense, or, you know, his other players, and then attacking it the right way. He's got no problem just sticking his head in there and selling out for his guys. You know, he's he's not one of those, you know, guy just looking to make the interception. He's happy to, to hit somebody. He waits a long time to get into his backpedal, right? He lets this guy get up on him and uses his physicality, his strength, and then, you know, has no problem closing under this corner out. So, again, sorry, I know that would probably be better if you had the video to accompany with it, but he took clips from a, a couple different games. One of them was that Texas game. Um, also featured some clips from Baylor this year or this past season and then the Oklahoma State game this past season. And I think he points out some really good qualities. First off is that closing speed. His ability to whether he gets beat a little bit, you know, because he was cheating up or um, you saw some plays where tight ends or bigger receivers were trying to run in breaking routes on Merrick, which I think with most safeties and corners, that probably works because those bigger wide receivers and tight ends can basically just kind of body those guys up like you would on a basketball court and not have to worry about much. But Merrick was so strong and had the ability to, you know, use that speed to get around guys to a point where he could make a break on those plays and make things happen. Uh, it, it really does feel like the momentum is churning here for him to be a first-round pick, which is exciting. And then also in that tape and in that audio, you hear and, and you see um, the uh, – the football IQ that he has. I mean, his ability to diagnose plays. He was calling out different formations and different things that these offenses were doing. And that's huge at the next level, at any level of football. But I think especially for a player that's a little undersized and maybe there's some questions about his athletic ability and his build, uh, knowing your assignments, knowing the opposing offense, knowing exactly – what to do, how to do it is uh, is big time. And, and you saw later in that video um, in that Oklahoma State game some instances where he was up in the box making plays in the run game. So the versatility is huge, but where he, he really hangs his hat is with what he did in, in the secondary, in the passing game, breaking up passes, um, you know, knocking things down, making interceptions. And, and that was such a huge part of what he did in his career at TCU. So Traylon Merrick continues to impress. Again, that was Mark Sanchez kind of breaking down his game. And I just, I, I found it interesting. I didn't really know Mark. I know he does some work for Fox. I didn't know he was doing draft work, but um, I, I thought he did a nice job there kind of giving you some of the attributes and qualities that are, are turning heads in the NFL right now. Cause this is a guy that is rising up draft boards. It seems like almost daily. Anytime a new mock comes out, he's risen up again somehow um, and gotten himself even even higher in the mix. We'll come back and close up shop. Before we do that, though, I want to tell you about Built Bar. Built Bar is the most delicious protein bar on planet Earth. I don't say that lightly. I love Built Bar. I love that they send me, you know, packages a couple times a month. Um, this churro marshmallow flavor is great. They have classic flavors that I love as well. German chocolate, cookies and cream. Um, they got a newer flavor, coconut brownie, that I'm just uh, amazed by. And every time I eat it, 
It's fantastic. BuiltBar.com is where you can find their product. If you use the promo code LOCKEDON20, you can get 20% off your next order. Or go ahead and make that your first order. Use that promo code so you can save a little money. Um, BuiltBar.com, most delicious protein bar on the planet, on the market. 180 calories, only 5 grams of sugar. It's good fuel for your body. Again, if you're interested, BuiltBar.com. Locked on Horn Frogs, your daily TCU podcast. Don't forget to subscribe to the show. Review the show on Apple Podcasts, on Stitcher, Spotify. Tune in wherever it is that you listen uh, to your to podcast or to this podcast. Uh, please give it a uh, please give it a review. Please give it um, a, a rating. It, it helps uh, for for people that are kind of looking around and trying to see exactly. Um, you know what it is that we're doing here if they do stumble upon the pod next week we're going to have plenty of uh, content about spring football we're going to have a lot of content um, about TCU baseball as well on Monday I'll do my weekly chat with Eric Hughes Locked on Horn Frogs I'll talk to you on Monday part of the Locked on Podcast Network your team every day